and they talked about four E's and four E's that had to be in place in order for an organization to be to have a truly competitive learning environment. And those four E's are education, exposure, environment, and experience. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to Episode 8 of Improv is No Joke Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, and thank you very much for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate it. I'm very excited about today's guest, Pam Devine, who is the Director of Learning and Development for the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute. Before we get to the interview with Pam, I'd like to share with you a review that I received on iTunes. This is from Red Viper 11, and the headline reads, Loved Podcast Number 1. Red Viper 11 writes, Congrats on the new podcast series. Clark Price is an outstanding guest for your first podcast. Clark is a wonderful leader and speaker, and he provides numerous thoughts for listeners to ponder whether they are an established leader or new to the leadership role. Red Viper 11, thank you very much for the wonderful review, and I concur with your comments about Clark Price. If you've been listening to this podcast, I would greatly appreciate if you take a moment and write a review. It will help the podcast get greater visibility in the iTunes community. Also, if you're not signed up for the Yes And Challenge, please go to my website, petermargaritas.com, and scroll down to the Yes And Challenge and click to register to begin this journey of transformation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag Yes And Challenge or on the Accidental Accountants Facebook page. If you're unsure what the Yes Challenge is all about, please go back and listen to episode zero. This is where I discuss the SN challenge in more detail. This week, I'd like to share with you an article titled Leadership Agility, Using Improv to Build Critical Skills by Kip Kelly, who's the Director of Marketing and Business Development at the University of North Carolina Executive Development Department. Kip states, while knowledge and experience remain critical, It's becoming increasingly important to develop leaders with the ability to deal with ambiguity and change, to lead and foster innovation and creativity, and to make and implement decisions quickly. Organizations require leaders who can adapt, think on their feet, and lead with confidence through a shifting business landscape. All skills and behaviors that can be a challenge for talent managers to develop. Developing these unique capabilities requires a different approach encouraging some talent management professionals to embrace unconventional methods like using improv to develop a more agile business leaders. I'll supply the link to this article in the show notes. Now back to Pam Devine. Pam has been with the Maryland Association of CPAs for 14 years and leads a team of five sales professionals. She's best known for a role in developing the on-site training division of the MACPA and their national learning affiliate, the Business Learning Institute. As one of the founding members of the Business Learning Institute, Pam is responsible for business growth and sales strategy. 
She's also responsible for partnerships with nonprofit organizations in Maryland, partnerships with the BLI thought leaders, developing course content as the market demands. As a customized learning consultant, she assists learning directors in designing comprehensive curriculum plans that combine technical CPE compliance topics with business performance, soft skills, and technology. Pam is a certified facilitator in BLI's I2A Insights to Action Strategic Planning System and has used her facilitation skills to benefit Maryland nonprofits, MACPA members, and national clients. She, along with the BLI team, has facilitated and taught the major firms groups, the top 100 CPA firms for the AICPA, the AICPA Leadership Academy, and many other firms, corporations, and nonprofits. When not working, Pam enjoys being active in the community and loves the outdoors, skiing, running, and biking. Pam loves giving back to the community and has run many half marathons along with two full marathons to raise money for her favorite charities. So without further ado, here's the interview with Pam Devine. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I have as my guest today a very good friend of mine and partnership through the Business Learning Institute and really who makes the Business Learning Institute move forward. I'm very thankful to have been able to get on Pam Devine's calendar for one. So I'm very appreciative of the fact that I was able to grab you, hold you down here for a few moments and have a conversation from a conversation that we had just the other day. So thank you. Thank you, Peter. I'm really happy to be here with you today. I'm looking forward to this conversation because we briefly touched on it the other day when I said I'd love to get this content out there uh, to my audience. And I'll let you do the talking, but you were telling me that you recently attended the Burson Conference. And if you could inform the audience, what is the Burson Conference, the background behind it, and then what were the big takeaways uh, you walked away with this year? Sure. Thank you. Um, so let's back up a little bit and, and um, do an introduction to, I guess, me and the Business Learning Institute and what we focus on. Um, as a lot of people know, the Business Learning Institute is an affiliate of the Maryland Association of CPAs. Um, and we were formed 17 years ago um, as a result of, I know, a long time ago, it seems like wow. now, as a result of what we were hearing in the marketplace. Um, we were out talking to CFOs and managing partners about on-site training and learning and they said to us, you know, MACPA has really great technical training, but what we really need and what the, the skills that are missing um, for our workforce are leadership, strategy, communication, the skills that make a better business professional. Over the last few years, leadership, strategy, communication has actually taken a forefront um, in the training areas, in public companies, in accounting firms, in organizations of all shapes and sizes. Um, and I and my team have had the privilege of attending some learning conferences, specifically the Burson Conference. Burson is a division of Deloitte, um, but does not focus just on accounting and finance learning. They focus on um, learning in HR um, in the greater market. Um, 
And there's been a lot of talk, talk about the gap in the leadership pipeline. So we have 50-somethings in the marketplace. We have 20-somethings in the marketplace. Um, and the missing generation of talent are in their 30s and 40s. Um, and there's a whole missing generation where we need um, for millennials to get up to speed in training. Um, and leadership learning is the most coveted job benefit there is. Um, in, in this conference, we heard that 83% of employees want to learn something every day. Um, so the culture within an organization, um, in order to really um, encourage millennials to stay, uh, really should focus on learning. Um, and there is a saying that the learning curve is truly the earning curve. Um, Whoa, did I say that again? <laughs> so lear the learning curve is the earning curve. Learning is what gives an organization a competitive advantage. Um, so traditional learning and development is not just about skill sets, but about really creating a culture within your organization um, to grow your business. So I, so I love that, that, that learning is the earning curve, uh, but it made me think of what Tom Hood says about learning, and you could repeat his famous saying, must be greater than equal to C, or in other words, your learning must be greater than or equal to the rate of change or change squared in your environment in order for an organization to compete in this rapidly changing environment. And you guys have been using that example of LSB greater than uh, learning has to be greater than the amount of changes going on in the marketplace for how many years now? Oh, gosh, <laughs> I, I, I can't even remember how long. Um, and we were early adopters in that space. But right now, um, as the shift in the marketplace is um, trending towards learning, um, we're seeing that it makes more sense than ever. Um, in fact, one of the one of the the uh, stat statistics from Burson was that leadership development spending grew by fourteen percent last year. Wow, um, which is um, really great, obviously, for the accounting profession and and for what we're trying to do at the Business Learning Institute. So, I mean, you've been with the Business Learning Institute since its inception, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. And if I remember correctly, you you, you started off part time, mm -hmm. and you developed a team. And over those years, you have really grown this business uh, so much so that. Uh, by the way, are are you a CPA? <laughs> no, I'm not a CPA. Uh, but you know that you've got a good person driving a driving your business who can sit across the room from CPAs and basically talk their language to the point that they actually think that you're a CPA. Yeah, so I know <laughs> enough to be dangerous, Peter. Um, so my role here is, is to listen to our customers, listen to what they're talking about, listen to what's going on in the environment, 
and bring resources that are a good fit for them. And so I hear things about revenue recognition and lease and some of those technical topics. So um, I, I've been able to fool a few people along the way into thinking that I'm a CPA. And obviously I don't try to do that because I do not know. Um, I, I really don't know enough to, I just know enough to be dangerous. Let's just put it that way. But, but I think- <laughs> I, but I think that's such a wonderful skill set that you're able to do that because basically you're speaking the language. You're, you're, you're talking to them in a way that connects with them, even though you may not have the three letters behind your name or, or did all the uh, take the CPA exam. But you know enough about your customer. You know enough about uh, your your clients. Uh, you know enough about the profession that you can have that conversation with them that you're not deemed or perceived to be an outsider. Thank you. I take that as as a compliment. That's what it was meant. (laughs) And and I know enough to surround myself with really smart CPAs or really, really smart experts in their field that help me to look good on occasion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you make us all look good, Pam. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, So at, at this at this person conference. When they're talking about this leadership and learning and earning, what are some of the, I mean, you're sitting there listening to this and, and I, I've, I've already interviewed Tom uh, uh, for an earlier podcast. And I mean, you guys are visionaries. You guys have been talking to us for a long time. How does it feel when you're now hearing it as part of the mainstream that they're, we're, 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 we're gaining that understanding that the power of leadership, the power of communication skills uh, are needed in today's workforce, but you guys have been talking about that for a long time. Yeah, so so for me, it's very, very exciting in terms of our ability at the Business Learning Institute to be truly customer-focused and provide what the market is asking for. Um, one of the big takeaways, and you and I talked about this last week, was that um, was the way Burson talked about um, a learning architecture and how learning has changed from more than just education. Um, education is a, a instructor-led training, on-demand training, e-learning is just a component of a learning environment. Um, and they talked about four E's and four E's that had to be in place um, in order for an organization to be to have a truly um, competitive learning environment. And those four E's are education, exposure, environment, and experience. And what hit me as um, an employee of an association, of a nonprofit uh, CPA association, was that that's exactly what the Maryland Association of CPAs is all about, um, in addition to what the Business Learning Institute is offering. So when I think of the association model, we are um, we are really set to be able to provide or help organizations create this learning architecture because we're all about exposure, environment, experience, as well as the education piece, if that makes sense. It, it does. Can, can you expound on the environment piece? Sure. So um, when I think of environment, I think of 
our environment here actually at NACPA, we've gone from um, a real traditional office space where we all had offices where you could close the door and shut the door behind you when you're having a meeting to a totally open environment. We're working today in an open collaborative environment where um, our CEO is sitting across from our CFO, is sitting across from my sales team. So we're hearing each other talk um, talk and, and re- respond to the market all day long. We're learning from each other and it's a collaborative, open learning environment. Um, that we're actually working in here at MACPA and BLI. Uh, just for the record for the audience, they do have a private like phone booth type of room where you can have some privacy. So that's where Pam is uh, right now versus out in the bullpen area. But as you're, we're talking about the environment and you're describing that, which takes me now in thinking about firms, uh, I know here in Columbus, I haven't seen it personally, but I've, I've, I've heard others who have, where the EY office has been totally redesigned uh, in somewhat of a similar manner, much more open, much more collaborative, not the hardwoods and the dark woods and all of that that, that I grew up in in the accounting firm. Um, and when I was just at uh, presenting at a client the other day, the EY office in Chicago had not changed yet, but PwC and I believe they said KPMG offices have moved into this more open type of environment. But how is Burson tying that in into the whole learning architecture? What, what, what does the, the office openness do with learning? Well, I think, I think they're talking about how um, people are learning from each other in teams. They're working in open teams, collaborative teams. And so they're, they're, exposed to people at different um, levels. So you may have a young millennial sitting next to a director and they're working together in teams and, and collaborating. So um, I think that's, that's one thing they were talking about. Um, so so the, the learning environment itself has, has changed. They also were talking about um, not just sitting in a, standard classroom. So your learning environment um, can be a team-based learning environment. It can be e-learning. It can be learning from a Twitter stream, um, that type of thing as well. Well, there's a difference between learning and CPE, correct? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because, I don't know, maybe someday that that whatever that person is working with the partner on, they put some type of documentation on what the person has learned. Maybe that would qualify as CPE, but this one goes way beyond the 40 hours or whatever that, we're, you know, from a compliance perspective, uh, we're talking about true learning on the job in a collaborative manner uh, and, a, and just an environment that from colors and, and structure and stuff just, much more brighter, much more brings it. I, I guess the words I'm looking for brings a lot more energy into the room. Absolutely, that's that's definitely true. And and these four E's don't operate in a vacuum. So they they feed off each other. So an, a, a true learning environment is going to give um, your employees exposure 
exposure to employees at a higher level, at a younger level, um, at all different levels. So um, that 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 also feeds into this. And, and when you when you're talking about exposure, my mind's going to how I start most of my CPE programs. But what the topic is, don't keep this to yourself. This is not proprietary learning. One of the best things about CPE is the gift that keeps on giving. Can you take the can you take what you've learned here, three, four takeaways, take it back to the office and share it with people in the office? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, you can also think about conferences and, and uh, firms that send their professionals to a conference or or organizations that send their professionals out to a conference. They do that um, in order for their professionals to be exposed to different professionals in the field um, and also expose them to people that might bring them business. Um, so the exposure component is huge as well. So I equate what you just described is the ability to go to a conference, a CPE event, no matter no matter what the topic is, and actually network with your peers. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing because at, at any CPE event, whether it's an in-house, out-house conference, whatever, I make that comment at the very beginning of the class. Does you know? Does everybody know everybody else? And obviously, the most time is no. Then, did you bring your business cards? Go introduce yourself and go network. And the blank looks that I get just—I I look at CPA as one of the great places that where people come together. That they may be—we all may be CPAs, but we all have different backgrounds. We have different people in our network, and how we can help each other out. Uh, goes a really long way. And then, then the light bulb goes on. And I've heard many people in the profession go, I never thought about networking at a CPE event. <laughs> right. It's just about learning the tax code. But really, <laughs> but really the four E's are at play. Um, I was thinking the other day about something we do in Maryland um, that really is a perfect example of the four E's. We do in January every year um, CPA Day in Annapolis. So when you think about um, all of the Maryland CPAs descending upon Annapolis, you clearly can see that um, there's an educational component. In terms of learning how to work with legislators and and understanding um, what's going on in the legislative environment, there's the experience uh, for our members that may never have um, gone to a state capitol, may have never experienced um, working with with senators and congressmen. Um, then there's the environment itself. How cool is that to get out of your office, to get out of your work environment and descend upon your state capitol? And then, of course, there's the exposure. So um, I love that example within Maryland is truly um, a, a learning event that encompasses all four E's. Well, very well said, um, which takes me back to we used to do that years ago in Ohio when AICP would go to, to Washington and mm -hmm. uh, send on Congress. We had a the, the board, the, the chairs would go, but they opened it up for others who wanted to attend. They had to pay their own way. And I was one of a handful that would take them up on that offer and go. And you, I, I never put it into the 40s. Uh, 
but yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. It was an experience. It was exposure. It was, it was learning 101. So I, I think what we are seeing that's different in the marketplace, Peter, is maybe we've always been doing this or associations have always been doing this, but now the corporate learning professionals are thinking about learning um, as, a, as an architecture. So there's a way to think about a systematic approach to learning encompassing all of these. The other thing they talked about is the mindset um, the millennial generation mindset and what needs to be in place in order to make this effective. And they talked about the curious employee, the networked employee, the holistic, the agile and innovative employee. And if those things are all in place, they really make um, this mindset is important to making the architecture work. So that's a non-compliance mindset, basically. Sure is. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not the way we learned in 70s, 80s, or 90s. Uh, and I would, I would agree with that because the client that I just came from, uh, very millennial or a younger X generation group in there. And I, they were there. They weren't there to check a box, and you, you could you could feel that almost immediately. Uh, they were very engaging. Um, they were very uh, 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 communicating the, the, uh, and sharing ideas and running with stuff that we were talking about. We went down some paths that, uh, quite frankly, I, I didn't think we would go down. Uh, so yeah, I, I can see that in, in that learner. But but thinking about the models, I'm going back to something you said earlier. You said something about Twitter. <laughs> I did say something about Twitter. What? Now tell me about t- Twitter and learning. So, um, I, I, I assume you're on Twitter, but when we, when we, <laughs> go, when we go to uh, conferences, um, we take actually take notes in Twitter, so that if someone wants to pull up the conference hashtag, you'll see a series of tweets from the conference um, that really um, are probably our insights into the learning, if you will. They're, they're bits and pieces. Obviously, I think it's 120, 140 characters, um, bite-sized bits of learning that are relevant to us and our insights into what we're learning at the conference. So it's not regurgitated slides. It's why is this important to me? Why is this important to us? And so at the Business Learning Institute, anytime one of us is attending a conference, like a Burson conference, um, we will be tweeting from there and anyone is welcome to follow along that, that follows us on so Twitter. What was the last, what was the hashtag you used at this last Burson conference? Do you remember it? Um, uh, I should know. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Pound Impact HR. And that, was, that, was, anyone, that was hashtag. Hashtag, yes, hashtag, <laughs> sorry. Impact HR. Hashtag Impact HR. Go visit mm-hmm. the, the Twitter stream on that. And, and I know you guys have been doing this for a long time. Um, and it is a great way of taking notes. Uh, and actually, I, so I made a comment recently that 
anymore when I'm uh, uh, speaking to any group. I don't care the size. I said, if you take out your phones and you want to tweet, use this hashtag. Let's let's get a, 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 a stream going. And I said, you're not going to offend me at all. Now, I may have not said that five years ago, uh, but now I'm wanting them to go out and tweet. Uh, it's also, inst- to some degree, it's almost instant feedback. Oh, I, I would agree. It's it's really funny. I was at a conference last week, um, and at the break, I went up to the instructor um, or the thought leader, and I said, I'm not, I'm not texting back here. I'm actually tweeting. And um, he had a hashtag, so we were obviously um, including him in our tweets, but, it, it, you know, I'm, 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 I'm from the old school. And so I always like to let the instructor know that I'm not back there texting and doing work. I'm actually doing something that the millennials do. Exactly. And that's great. And I, 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 when you went up to to the thought leader and told him, told him that, uh, did he laugh? Was he thankful for it? Was he, well, it was really funny because the the, the uh, presentation was on generational differences. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said no millennial would ever tell me that." <laughs> and I was I was concerned about he might in, uh, consider me rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Wow, I know that you guys attend this every year. You walk away with some great information as it relates to learning in 2016 and beyond. Um, any last takeaway that you have that you want to share with those who are listening? The millions and millions and millions of people that are listening to this right now? I think um, one of the statistics that stood out for me and and um, still stands out for me is a quote uh, uh, that says, train your people and they are 92% more likely to stay and be loyal. Wow. Train your people and 92% of them will stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're investing in their future. Ooh, you said an, you said a very important word. You said you're investing into somebody's future. You're, it's not a cost of doing business. It's mm-hmm. investing in. And we all know that it takes so much more to replace an individual, train someone new, get them up to speed uh, versus investing in their career, investing in themselves, which I always, I, I equate to you're now getting emotional equity into the business. Now they're becoming more and more a part of the business because you're bringing them into the business and you're helping them grow. Correct. Such a simple concept. Why is it so hard sometimes? I know. Just remember, learning is the earning curve. (laughs) Learning is the earning earning curve. curve. Okay. So (laughs) I, I I can't thank you enough, Pam, for taking the time to share this information from the Burson Conference, but I'm not going to quite let you go yet. Because what I like to do at the end of my podcast is do a quick 10 questions, rapid fire, whatever we want to call it, just so we get to know you just a little bit better. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You up for this? (laughs) Sure. Okay, first question. Crab cakes or steak? Crab cakes. From Baltimore, of course. What's your favorite movie? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. An oldie but goodie, The Sound of Music. Uh, <laughs> an oldie and a goodie, exactly. Uh-huh. What's your favorite restaurant in the Baltimore area? 
Oh, um, La Scala down in Little Italy. Uh, so I take it's an Italian restaurant. It is, yeah. And, and, and do you get crab cakes there? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you get there? How about a nice veal chop? Uh, sounds good. Um, right. The Ravens or the Orioles? Oh, boy. I'm from New England. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to go with the Ravens anyway, pretending like I'm really in from Baltimore. Okay, so uh, let's try this again. Ravens or the Patriots? <laughs> no, I'll still go with the Ravens. <laughs> uh, Chardonnay or Merlot? Oh, Chardonnay. Didn't have to think about that one, huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's like asking me, bourbon or scotch, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, do you prefer biking or running? Oh, that's not fair. I love them both. <laughs> but you have, I think you have, from what I have known of you over the years, I yeah, think you running. have a passion for running yeah. more. Running, right. although with my latest injury, I may have to switch switch to biking. I go biking. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. It happened to me many years ago. When If it's winter, though, you'll find me on skis. On skis, of course, because you are from <laughs> New England. Um, what's your favorite city to visit? Ooh, um, I actually love Portland, Maine. Ah. Small city, Small but beautiful. City. I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. You uh, like lobster? I love lobster. <laughs> My wife's from Boston, where you talk the kind of yard, so yes, I do love, <laughs> I do love New England food. Steamers, too. Yeah. And, and, and grinders. Yeah. Yeah, I got the, I, I, I got the, I got the lingo. Uh, who's your favorite actor? Oh, or, God. Or, or actress? I, I don't really have one. Seriously. No. Not, not uh, one. Mm -mm. Okay. Here, we'll just keep moving forward. Uh, yeah. you, you may have already given us this, but what is your favorite quote? Oh, um, I guess it would come from Tom Hood, and it's L is greater than or equal to C. <laughs> <laughs> we live it and breathe it and eat it here. Exactly. I didn't know if you were going to do that one or the quote that you got from the Burson Conference. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, so on your bucket list of things to do, you can now check off being on my podcast as one of those on your bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, what's one of the items that are on your bucket list? Um, this is, I would actually love to climb Kilimanjaro. Really? I would. I don't know if I'll get there, but I'd like to do that and maybe um, try a triathlon at some point. Okay. You blew me away with Kilimanjaro. I had, I, that was not even in the realm of, so I, do you climb at all or? I used to. You used to. I, I used to, and I feel like I could get up to get up to speed. I'd have to obviously become part of a team, a training team, in order to right. do something like that. But I would love to do it. So Everest is out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. I, 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 tell you what, I do love it when I, I started putting this rapid fire 10 questions in because I've learned new things about the people who I've been interviewing that some of them I've known for many years. It's like, wow, learn something new every single day. So first and foremost, thank you again. I always enjoy the conversations we have. I'm greatly appreciative that you could carve out some time in your busy schedule today 
to share this information from the Burson Conference and really talk about the architecture of education that have the four E components. So thank you very much, Pam. Thank you, Peter. It's been my pleasure. Talk to you soon. All right. What a great conversation around learning. I think a little background on Burson by Deloitte would be appropriate. Burson by Deloitte delivers research-based people strategies designed to help leaders drive exceptional business performance. Their membership gives HR, talent, and learning professionals the information and tools they need to design leading practice solutions, benchmark against others, develop staff, and select and implement systems. Pam mentioned her big takeaway from the Burson Conference was understanding what needs to be part of the learning environment within an organization. It was a lot more than just instructor-led learning. It was about having the four E's in place, education, exposure, environment, and experience. These four learning attributes drive the phrase, the learning curve is the earning curve. Remember when Pam and I were talking about her tenure at the Business Learning Institute and her ability to connect with her CPA clients to the point that they think that she's a CPA? How is Pam able to do that? Well, she does that by the important principle of improvisation, listening. She said, my role here is to listen to my customers, listen to what they're talking about, listen to what's going on in the environment and bring effective resources that are a good fit for them. If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and write a review on my podcast. By writing a review helps promote the podcast to a larger audience. Also, I'm always trying to learn, grow, and become better at everything I do, and your feedback is important to me. And remember to sign up for the Yes And Challenge on my website at petermargaritas.com. Thank you again for taking time to listen to this podcast. I really value every audience member. In Episode 9, I interviewed John Barlow, Principal Engineer at Honda R&D Americas, Inc. Come to find out that John's the Accidental Engineer. Well, until next time, happy improvising. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.